0: This episode is sponsored by Marquette Associates. Marquette is an independent investment consulting firm that was founded in 1986 and has served the same mission ever since, to be a trusted partner to their clients and provide meaningful and thoughtful investment guidance. They've worked with dozens of public organizations in Illinois, and as of December 31st, 2020, that includes 20 firefighter funds across the state, as well as the new Consolidated Firefighters Pension Investment Fund. Marquette is headquartered in Chicago, and we're grateful for their support of the podcast. You can learn more about Marquette on their website at marquetteassociates.com. This is not an endorsement of Marquette's services.
1: Buddy, we are we are here for yet another episode of the Associated Firefighters of Illinois podcast. And with me, as always, is
0: You don't even know my name anymore.
1: Is Luke slash Timothy, my co-host of the tonight show with the Associated Firefighters of Illinois, Luke. Say hi to the world.
0: Hello, everybody. And
1: as we stated at the Ledge Conference, it is the world. We are we are prestige worldwide. We are there Russia. are people in Belarus that are listening to us, and it's just fantastic.
0: South Africa, South Africa. Belgium.
1: We have cornered the Belgium market. How so.
2: disappointed were they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I we don't know. Always if they've
1: wanted to again. come to Illinois and be firefighters. Then we listened to this podcast, and we're like, ah, "Screw it, we're staying in Europe." So we we ruined it. Whatever. We have a uh, great episode today about something that is that is really central to us, very near and dear to our hearts, because we are the Associated Firefighters of Illinois, which is proudly a labor union. And our sole goal is to represent the interests of full-time professional firefighters in the state of Illinois and do it very well. So our podcast today is about uh, secondary employment and a little bit of an update uh, and just discussion with the Secondary Employment Committee. And to that end, uh, the chair of the Secondary Employment Committee is the legend himself. By the way, who is here in a Toy Story t-shirt. It's absolutely awesome. Matt Olson, the District 4 VP. And that is a fantastic. Is that like a, a original to yeah, so yeah, the yeah. release of Toy Story? Is that like a mid-90s Toy Story t-shirt? Because it's legit. And and- Some hipster would buy that off you for $100, that Whatever t-shirt. we're Just calling a- Potato Head now is here. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. So, Matt, hello, and welcome, and and, and it's wonderful to have you here.
0: It's good to be here. Thank you.
1: So tell us about the, uh, just kind of an overview of the secondary employment. I think there's a, there's, how many committees now, Luke, are there?
0: I'm going to have to think about that, because, and actually it's one of the part of the podcast. Six or so, maybe? Yeah, we want to get all these different committees so our members know all the different services we provide. Uh, My favorite, Labor History, we'll have to have that on one time. But, um, yeah, all our committees are per capita supported. Our membership... What does
1: that mean to the average listener listening to this podcast? So
0: our, our memberships provide the direction to support these committees and create them. And at every convention, they do vote to continue these committees. So, I mean, our members' dues are supporting these committees because they believe they're important issues or topics okay. for us to work on. <laughs>
1: Means they pay for it. right? <laughs> in, in Short short yeah, and sweet, Long Matt, story short. So tell me, just give me an overview of the Secondary Employment Committee, Matt.
3: The Secondary Employment Committee focuses on... Uh, The practice that some firefighters have of working outside their primary employer and like work, whether that be fire, EMS, a combination of both. And we want to take the uh, opportunity that the committee provides to explain why that's dangerous to them, why that's disruptive to their employer, um, all of the negatives that go with that. Okay. And then to
1: that end, we have uh, multiple members of the secondary employment committee here. So, just introduce yourselves, guys, so that we can so name local and we'll go from there.
2: Um, Tim Curley from Chris Lake, local thirty nine twenty six. Been on the committee since its inception in two thousand eight.
4: Okay. Yeah, Joe Galley, uh, local four thirty nine in Elgin, uh, this is my second uh, term on this committee.
1: And then Adam, hold on. Adam Hyde, Kankakee, Local 653. Living legend, he's behind us. We'll get him on the microphone soon. Uh, so Anna, how long have, were you on the, on the Secondary employment Committee? Uh, this is I my mean, like third year.
3: It's
1: third year on the Secondary employment Committee. So what do, you, what do, you, what do we do? Are we going out to locals? How does, it, how does that handle?
2: Yeah, uh, basically in 2010, after two years of investigating the issue and trying to decide what the problem was, how, how we get the message out. In 2010, we started going around to locals that invited us to tell our story. And and, uh, and educate the membership on secondary yep. employment. Yep, and, and to let them know in a less than aggressive way uh, the dangers that we see associated with them.
1: So to that end, though, I know that we were talking beforehand before we started recording, and again, tell me if I'm wrong, but I really had, like, two different lines of issue two different issues really one is the injury aspect right and the second is the kind of the bargaining aspect or the wages hours and working conditions of employment and i'm really happy you guys are because secondary employment means a lot to me because as a union lawyer and a member of local 506 we are professional full-time firefighters in my personal opinion every time we work secondary employment for a non-union department we are hurting ourselves as professional union firefighters. I do truly believe that. I've always said I may tell you something you don't want to hear, but I'll never lie to you. Uh, So I'm very happy because our core business is making sure that we have a seat at the table, that we are treated as professionals, and that we have the professional rights that are due to us because of how hard our ancestors have worked, right? So Elgin's contract, which is a good contract, did not, or maybe it did, let me just ask you a question. Did Elgin CBA magically fall out of the sky, like these 15, oh wait, these 10, 10 commandments, did it magically fall out of the sky, or how many decades would you say it took to get Elgin's contract, or Crystal Lake's contract, or Kankakee's, or Berwyn's, or Bowling Brooks or DeKalb's, or Local 2's? I would say it's been a number of years.
4: No, you're exactly right. You know, and like you, in 2010, when I first heard the committee's first report in uh, the Crown Plaza in Springfield, um, they were really pushing hard on that bargaining side. You know, the job you do for another department is kind of the measure of what you're saying you're worth. It's the market rate, and it was a. You said that wasn't very aggressive, but I'll tell you that it was fairly blunt, and that actually resonated well with me. Um, but over time since I've been on the committee, what I'm really proud of the work we're doing on it is we've evolved with the messaging that's important today. And that is, uh, making it clear because it's an emotional topic for a lot of these guys, right? I sure. mean, guys and guys are emotionally tied to their other job because I, maybe, they, I understand. maybe they started there. That's where their roots are. It's where they also coach soccer or football and whatever else they want to be a part of their community or whatever. However, um, we're able to take what we know that's uh, the hot topic of today because it's so real and that's with pensions and our disability. And, um, I know I can speak for Elgin, but our, our disability hearings are on the rise. Our injuries are on the rise, our exposures on the rise. And as time has gone by, um, they're asking a lot of these questions. What are you doing on your day off? You know, they're, they're digging deep into this and the more exposure you have somewhere else, the more that's going to, the proof of, the burden of proof gets harder and harder on that.
1: Well, on the pension end, the burden of proof is on the applicant to prove your entitlement to a disability pension. There's, I mean, that's just the law. I, I represent a ton of those funds. Um So to that end, and I guess we can, I wanted to talk about both different, you know, just obviously the bargaining process and the market. Um, you know, I, I was in the city council meeting for a South Cook County suburban department, where the city council pointed out where everybody works secondary employment and what those wages are. I was I was there in the room in 2010, uh, but to that end, I wanna, we could talk about the pension stuff first. Um, Article one and article four of the pension code did not magically fall out of the sky. That is stuff that was lobbied for and created for these benefits. So what does our membership need to know to that point? What does our membership need to know about occupational disease disability and line of duty disability and the risks that are taken when you are working secondary employment elsewhere?
2: We, uh, we really try to focus on presumptive. Certainly, ortho issues, things like that could come into play. But um, when you're talking about a heart and lung or something like that, and you've spent 20 years of your career working two jobs, when well, it's time to face the music and ask for that presumptive disability and all the benefits that come along with it, um, are they going to say, you got that here, where we know and document all of the safety and, and policies which keep us safe? Um, or are they gonna just focus in on that department that you work in on the side that doesn't have those policies and safety uh, procedures in place?
1: So, but, and I wanna talk about that for a second because sometimes, and one of the things I think we've tried to do that's effective with this podcast is I've known you guys for years. Like, we all know the lingo and we understand. I mean, it's different. This podcast is not only designed for, for, for us, but also the membership that, um, you know, wants to just be really good firefighters and they may not make a AFFI convention or that they might not serve on their pension board, but they're good guys, they want to run calls and go from there. So I want to talk about the occupational portion of it and kind of get down into the, you know, maybe explain it. So when you're talking about an occupational disease disability pension, the Associated Firefighters was very good, of course, in, in drafting these bills, which talked about a rebuttable presumption, and a rebuttable presumption means, okay, it's it, this is presumed. God forbid, let's talk about a uh, um, a cancer issue, you know, something like that. It is presumed that you got it in the course of your employment. OK, so God forbid we have one guy from our local, however, it is a rebuttable presumption, which means that there is a party or entity that could show that while it's presumed that it happened in the course of your employment with your department, it is possible that you could have gotten this exposure or this cancer from somewhere else. This is very general layman's terms, but that is the idea of a rebuttable presumption. To the idea of a rebuttable presumption, if I am working for, as you said, 10, 15 years at Department B, what does that potentially do for my rebuttable presumption when I am diagnosed with a clear case of lung cancer and I have never smoked, I had a cigar once at my sister's wedding, and there you go. Let's talk about that for a second, Adam.
3: Well, I think one of the things that we need to put forward is what a gift. It is that the AFFI has worked to get that presumptive language in there. Oh, yeah. And by guys working secondary employment, they're eroding that benefit.
1: Oh, wait, you mean definitely. they were that wasn't just handed? The rebuttal presumption wasn't exactly. just like, you guys are heroes. You wear blue. You red, shiny trucks. Here's this bill. Yeah, just right. like
3: our contract didn't fall out of the sky. We Correct. We not fight for that. Correct. You know, firefighting has been scientifically proven and scientifically linked to these presumptive illnesses. And when we got guys who are working on their days off at other fire departments, they're doubling, tripling their exposure. Right. And now that gives, you know, the city, the village, the district, that ammunition to use against that member for when they'd file for a disability pension because they came down with lung cancer or they came down with some kind of cardiac issue. They say, well, you worked 15 years over at Fire Department B. How do I know for a fact that you got this at Fire Department A, your primary employer, when you're doing the exact same job that is scientifically proven to cause these illnesses as well? How, why is it that the burden is only on department A and not on department B? Right. But I, I want to, cause this kind of, and we, it's weird. There's so
1: many details to all this. We can kind of keep devolving and going backward or backward. But what I have seen in my practice is on the pension side, what I've seen is it employers really never used to intervene when I first started practicing. They just didn't, they were just like, I don't know, there's something called a, a pension system out here whatever. Over the last like four, Five to eight years, you have seen that explode and ramp up where employers are intervening on every case. And that's fine. They don't have an absolute right, but they can file the petition to intervene. And that's up to the board to to, to, uh, shape the scope of that, et cetera. But when we're talking about what Adam, what you just said is bringing that evidence in you now are absolutely having employers and you got you've an elder you've seen this multiple times you are having employers filing petitions to intervene before the disability uh, uh, pension board, and they are bringing in absolute evidence of secondary employment to show exactly what Adam was saying, which is, how do I know that the smoke inhalation wasn't from Department B, or was it from your time in Crystal Lake, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera, correct? We are seeing yeah, that.
3: That's exactly that, and you know, pensions are already under attack, you know, on various fronts, and by guys working in secondary employment, we're just giving the employer another avenue in which to attack our pensions? Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Because we've seen, I've seen cases exactly on point this way. And quite honestly, I've seen it where it is the employers. You know, they won't really come out and say it, but you can just tell it is like their absolute goal is to muddy up the works as as much as they possibly can to put that uh, that rebuttable portion in front of the pension board. Because you are correct, this job is in certain ways much safer and in certain ways just much more dangerous oddly enough and you are seeing guys go out on disabilities and injuries and lung and cancer and heart issues etc so
2: yeah to that point and i I would just like to reiterate you know before we're making this room entry here uh, believe it or not your city does not want to give you a duty disability or non-duty disability that that's that's being on the books for that pension and ultimately the city's responsibility or district um, for years yeah. until you can convert over to your uh, traditional yeah. pension. Uh, some people may believe that their cities are, are, are good people, but when it comes down to, down to the money, things change.
1: Well, but to your point, though, look, like the Associated Firefighters doesn't want anybody to go out on disability. Sure. I don't. You know, you guys don't. I mean, nobody, that guy, I mean, I have to tell you, I think if a guy had a choice between uh, working 30 years on an engine or getting treated for lung cancer, <laughs> I have to tell you, I would probably work the 30 years yeah, on the engine, right? The so yeah. it's not like everybody's like, oh, this is amazing. I got myself a lung cancer diagnosis. So I'm going to go take this pension and walk on Clearwater Beach. I mean, nobody wants this yeah. shit to happen, right? I go buy a boat with my, my lung <laughs> Your cancer windfall. payout, yeah, Your my windfall. windfall. My windfall. Yeah. So, you know, to that end, it is, it's exactly like, like nobody wants this. I would love to put myself out of business and never have one of our guys hurt again. That's just not going to happen, right? So the question becomes, why are you going to hurt yourself to the point of uh, denying yourself benefits when you need it the most? Is that kind of yeah. fair?
2: You know, we've, we've, seen, we've all seen the cases out there, some more recent than others, a cancer presumptive with an ultimate death that, um, you know, a, a wife and family of uh, surviving members are now fighting for those very benefits. Correct. It's not going to take long before, maybe right after this podcast, they'll listen to it and be so amazed that cities are specifically looking at secondary employment as a cause for this. And you know, Oh, that's been going on now. Well, for, well, yeah, for sure. sure. But, but more aggressively, perhaps. You know, sure. and, and and that's that's where we really want to look this is occurring right now, but they're they're not going to continue to have the same arguments. They're developing arguments daily, just like we are as if we were at the bargaining table to, to make our working conditions better. They're developing arguments to make their liabilities less. And, you know, I,
4: to touch on that, I, I think that's a really good point that, um, that Tim just made. It's not just the fact that we're fighting, um, for that employee and trying to make it right for them but people forget just how uh, onerous and arduous of a process the pension disability process can be and how hard it can be just for oh, just for a simple shoulder injury right you're talking about a two-year uh the guy's injured and out for a year he's going through he, he finally finds out he can't come back and then what happens he's going through the pension disability process so a lot of these things what we're seeing more and more to Tim's point is the city's fighting harder and harder. These are things we've seen for decades, like you said, Jerry, but more and more, they're fighting so much harder that it's putting, uh, people into situations where they're no longer getting paid during that process. Um, think about the weight of the family, you know, we're all pitching in and we're doing our basic, uh, you know, pulling together like a GoFundMe thing just to get people paid. Donating sick time. Donating seems, sick time. Well,
1: you're fighting workers' comp, th- that your work comp attorney has to go to the Industrial Commission and fight for your benefits. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you
4: know, and, and then the fight's not over just when you get your pension disability. Like you said, you might still be going through treatments, you know. God forbid it is a death in the family like you're speaking of um, with one particular community right now. Um, but then they're going to come after your placebo benefits, you right. know, and, and that's a state mandated benefit as well. And they've managed to separate those two and have two different fights on that front as well. So, um, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's shameful that we see it from municipalities. Um, but what we try to, you know, convey to the, the membership is that they're never going to stop. They're never going to stop looking at ways in which they can unearth that Yeah you know, that that aha thing and say, see, there's no way you got it in Elgin or we don't believe you got it in Elgin.
1: Yeah. But you know what, though? Here's the thing. You know, when you work secondary employment, my thing is, you know, we always, there are a lot of employers out there that you just want to just shake your head. You're like, oh my God. And there are a lot of employers out there that are wonderful. They are good actors. They take care of their people. I would say a majority of them are, are decent. But if I were the employer, I would do the exact same thing. I absolutely would do the exact. I cannot blame any employer for sitting there saying, logically, it is possible. So you're asking us to pay out 65, percent and here's our actuarial levy, and blah blah blah. You're asking us to go to the taxpayers and the stakeholders in the community that have to uh, pay for professional firefighters, which they should because we are the best in the business. How do we know that you know it it wasn't Elgin? You know, what I mean, I can't blame the employer for yeah, doing. So how this. about
4: how about I don't even blame the firefighter representing on the on the pension board absolutely. who's a fiduciary, yeah. a
2: responsible oh, fiduciary question. of our fund Ask and taking question. care of all of us. Yeah. Yeah. You have That's to do your oh due my due god, diligence. right, right, yeah. exactly. It's,
1: and then even I'm sorry you're going to say
2: Oh, I I was just, I just wanted to add to that point is that, you know, it's it's not going to be long before we start seeing these pension boards be a little bit more savvy and we're seeing questions already being asked, but it it might be the active guy right next to you that's on that board who votes no on your duty disability because he yes. knows you've been spending every other day part-time on the on the uh on the department next to us so uh absolutely that's that that pension board is going to come and it'll be a terrible moment for that individual, surely, and uh, but for that department.
1: Because I tell on my board, Hunter, I, here's what I say: You know, it's it is it, the a pension boards are like a weird area, right? So, it, I don't care if you are a a you know. Marxist-Leninist on your off days and you believe in like, you know, the, the the state means of production, or if you are a straight up like, you know, Ayn Rand, you know, libertarian, what it doesn't matter. When you go into the pension board meeting, you have a fiduciary responsibility to that pension fund. So it is weird, like your labor hat has to come off, your employer hat has to come off, and you really need to say, here are the facts, here are the evidence, you know, here's the evidence, here's what we do. And I guess the long story short is, by working the secondary employment, the position of this committee is that you are giving, you are kind of playing into the hands of the denial of benefits by doing this and bringing this into play. Is that kind of a fair statement?
2: absolutely. I mean, we certainly have the, the individual risk, which is what we're playing on right now. You're taking an incredible individual risk with a potential benefit you may need. You know, aside from, as we spoke earlier at the bargaining table where it's the group effort where we're protecting the group to make sure that our work is well protected yeah yeah
1: and and it's not even sometimes a career ending issue right so like i've seen guys that have you know they've been injured from secondary employment and and you know let's say that it's not career ending but they're off for uh four months okay well the calendar's closed for that shift for vacation picks, and guys are getting forced back and whatever because you injured yourself. Well, you know, here you go. So I, I've i actually seen that. So, you know, we always come up with the most devastating problem first, of course, and that's important to do. But, you know, now all right. of a sudden it's like, well, the entire shift can't go move a day because this guy hurt himself for four months. You know, I mean, so we got to cover it. Yeah, yeah. you got to cover it. and You have to see those <laughs> things. You know, they ask you to donate sick time or something like that, you know. So what have you guys seen as far as the impact of COVID-19 Regarding secondary employment in the last year, how has that played into anything or what you guys have seen?
4: I, I know that some of us are lucky enough to have um, administrations and cities that regardless of how they are at the bargaining table, I'm not I'm not giving anybody a pass here. <laughs> but and just give you um, everything
1: you want. No, and just no, Like Here, guys.
4: But every once in a while, something <laughs> you write the contract. Me. We'll <laughs> sign <laughs> it. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. No, every, every once in a while, something falls in our lap. and, yeah. and uh, A
1: broken and clock's right twice a day. That's right. <laughs> right.
4: No, but uh, we're, we're, we're pretty grateful that uh, we just followed the CDC guidelines, you know, and you could always back up to that and just say, this is, what, this is what they're saying at the national level, and we're never deviating from it. It might upset some guys, but we're saying we're, not, we're staying consistent. Right. But not every employer is doing that, you know, and the community next door they may not be wearing masks, gowns, full PPE, exposing their members at a greater rate. And I think what COVID did was it really, it really showed something that everybody was impacted by. Not, you know, not everybody right. um, is impacted by the same carcinogens and the same uh, chronic injuries because we're doing the same cot lifts or anything like that. Uh, but COVID was an equal opportunity uh, illness, right? It was, it was out for all of us. Um, so we all had to be careful with other employers, you're going into these other places, it was, we were hu- more hyper aware of, of what was going on. Right. And you could see just firsthand that uh, the departments that were doing their best to, to mitigate and protect their members, um, that wasn't always the case in the town next door. Uh, well, and, so, and,
2: and, and too, early on, if you remember, all the, the shortages and BSI and all of that stuff, some of those other departments didn't even have PPE and or, yeah, yeah. eye protection. All Everybody of all of a sudden was scrambling right. around. and, and Yeah, and 95 masks were going for, I think, like $15 million a piece right. on eBay. I, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something like, yeah. Or one I'm Bitcoin. I'm terrible with yeah, I'm I think terrible, one Bitcoin.
1: Well, did you guys see um, primary employers... Um, actually being more assertive in stopping secondary employment because of COVID? I, I knew of examples of, uh, of that. Is that something that you guys saw as well or no?
4: In Elgin, uh, we were lucky enough to get it in our contract um, the previous term. Yes. And so uh, everybody that had a secondary employment job had we're ceased out. doing it. Um, so, un- I mean, fortunately for us, um, that wasn't something that we had to really be too concerned with.
1: I saw employers, uh, primary employers, banning secondary employment for, you know, like work, uh, absolutely, during the COVID process. it, w- so it they would finally only,
2: agreed, you know. It would only make sense. Yes.
1: I think
4: my, my biggest hope in all of this is that um, no longer is the presentation just aimed at our members now. We can, oh. we can start using this yeah. as going to the employer. We could take this message to the, the city council members of particular uh, municipalities and say, look, uh, you know, we could use COVID as that example, that something tangible that they can actually relate to instead of, you know, we, we talk all the time about, um, the language we speak and it's just, you know, we talk to our city council members, we talk to, uh, the community and we have to bring it down, you know, seven levels because they don't know what a lot of this terminology is and they just don't understand, um, something as simple as carcinogen exposure. Or
1: have you guys been successful talking to actual employers uh, as, as well? Have there been receptive audiences? Uh,
2: there's been one. Um, <laughs> so the invite's always there, and um, part of it is, is how we want to navigate with the local. We, we've kind of left this onus on the local. If the local wants us to come and speak to a, a council or a district board, we, we're happy to do so, and we have a presentation developed for them. Um, not all locals want us to obviously speak to the employers in that manner Uh, but we would, if you're out there listening, I don't know, probably not in Belarus or wherever it is, (laughs) but uh, You know, if you're in Illinois, we'd be happy to come speak to your employers. Did you see,
1: but side note, because it's just amazing. Did you see what the president of Belarus did yesterday? Amazing. It was amazing. (laughs) He wanted, just for everybody who was out there who didn't like watch the news on Sunday and they were watching my beloved White Sox blow yet another game against the Yankees, the president of Belarus sent up a fighter plane to make a passenger jet land because there was a journalist he wanted to place in custody. I mean, right? That man was not. Fucking around, no. like, <laughs> like you he was a fighter fucker. plane. Yeah. God damn, right?
2: Yeah. Imagine the other passengers. Yeah, right. I like, mean, you'll just you're... shove them out the window. Imagine I don't... if
1: you're the pilot. Now you're <laughs> right. a
2: fighter pilot. Like, do, do I shoot
1: him down? Like, what if, what if they ignore me? Do I like right. blow up this plane with a missile? Like, right. whatever. Right?
2: Pretty, I'm
4: pretty sure he's gonna. Get the next city manager job. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. For sure. So,
1: so so years from now, the new city manager in Elgin will be, yeah, like either the you of to Oh, yeah. You got yeah, to pull something to... that big.
4: To... <laughs> to be <able> to... Yeah.
1: <laughs> welcome aboard, yeah. guys. Well, welcome aboard. Oh, my God. What else do we Hi, need Rick. to talk? Yeah. What else do we <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. If you're you, listening. You ran the green zone for years, so you can now be the city manager in KKK. All right. <laughs> What, um, what else did we t- do we need to discuss regarding – oh, and there is the reporting re- – oh, actually, two issues. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, yeah. First is, um, just for everybody who's out there that doesn't know, if your local wants, you guys will come to any union meeting – and kind of give the spiel. There's a you know presentation, a whole kind of package that you guys do for any local throughout the state that would want that to happen, and they can contact you guys at any time. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, um, and we've done dozens of them. Uh, with and and I should say with great success. Um, many of those locals then went on to one of one of the, and this is probably uh, we we should mention this. You know, people are like, great, it exists. What's the solution? Right. And our, and our primary solution, the one that we really want people to focus on, is to have contract language which prohibits it. Yes.
1: I have done that in multiple, but I actually just settled a couple contracts that had very similar. I just did two AFFI contracts in the last month, settled them that had language in there. And really what it did is it, it, it was the only time that I like tier two, right? We don't tier two. Right. You know, we don't yeah. eat, you know Fire, don't, we yeah. don't eat our young. Uh, but it was the only time that I, I liked tier two language, which basically said, here's the language that I did, uh, which was, you know, if you're a new hire, you can't work secondary employment. If you're a current, you can. And even if you're a current and you leave your current secondary employment, then you're done. You're you can't go work that. for a second the, secondary employer. The, the, like the sunsets
2: are the sunsets the, the the time frame sometimes people will put in there that'll say, OK, if you're engaged in it. Now, by 2024 by this year by this date you have to you have to move away from it those are um, good things that help get good language in place and sometimes you just have to play the game a little yeah. bit to 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 allow people time
1: but but you guys have been successful with it, just in going to union meetings yeah. kind of explaining to them what we're talking about and it's actually nice to see the locals kind of got it for my they worked it out amongst themselves and realized this correct
2: a a little anecdote Um, we went to a local um years ago now i don't know it could have been 1947 right but uh it feels like it they uh, we give the we give our spiel and usually afterwards we'll hang around and sometimes people come talk to us and sometimes people come yell at us and sometimes nobody's got anything to say and you're like oh boy we really Made an impact and here, swinging a miss. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. <laughs> right. yeah. All right. How but about those bears? Yeah, right. right. And then, uh, well, in this particular case, about four people came up pretty aggressive, like angry with me. I said, "Well, you know, we're we're just trying to give you here. Here is the information. Choose to do with it what you want. We're not telling you how to uh, how to do this stuff." Fast forward about four years, same local. Uh, they asked us out again because. They were, they were seeing some success. Uh, two of those people that had angrily approached me in that first time came up to me, and this is where, th- you, know, this is where you, know, you get all the good feels and all of that, is they came up and they said, you know, I went home, I thought about it, and you guys were right, and I've left. And, wow. Yeah. So, it's very
1: hard to get people to change their mind right? on those hot-button...
2: And, and that's happened more than once. This is a, a good example. This, this town was... Um, you know, the, it's the same old story. They're they're browning out a company, they're shutting down a company to bring a part time auto aid department from next door to respond in that same district. You know, so they were and and they had guys working on that town. That part time on that part time yeah, department, department coming in for their own browned break yep. Yeah, coming responding what could possibly go wrong. Right. <laughs> responding on, on auto aid to one of their incidents, um, that we really focused in on that. And, uh, I like telling that story because it happened. Yeah. This isn't made up. We're not, you know, you'll hear us talk hypothetical a lot. Um, we really don't like to, you know, point people out embarrass them or anything like that. But I mean, the, these things actually happen and it won't take long for, for the astute listener to, to figure out We're where listening. these things are occurring sure. and, um,
1: well, there's certain pockets at ifify sure. that we all know what is going on. I mean, I don't think that anybody here is talking about, you know central Eastern illinois in which there's a hundred miles of farmland in every direction like that's not we we can take these hypotheticals to the extreme would i love to have a county-wide associated firefighters of illinois fire department or something sure Sure. but we're not talking about those particular instances and situations correct i mean we're talking we we understand the municipalities where this is happening and how this is happening etc
4: yeah and you know tim's been on this since its inception so he's been a lot more around the state than I have. Most of my experience with these locals have all been in the northwest suburbs. And um, you see people that you know because yeah. you come across paths and stuff, but you get in these r- full rooms. And and like, to use Tim's, you know, sometimes they get a little bit aggressive or upset about it and stuff. But, um, you know, firefighters... <laughs> They don't like being told what to do, right? right, I mean, <laughs> right. So, but we all have
1: oppositional defiance. <laughs> right, disorder, right, all right. Us. yeah, I get it. But
4: in the end, um, I think what's what's pretty cool about this committee is that we're like, to use his words, we're just putting the information out there. It's it's a delicate balance. You're just trying to get the information relayed to them to say, this is the fact. You know, we we would appreciate it if you would just listen and consider it because um, we're not trying to come at you and say, you should do this or you need to do that. We're we're really trying to deliver it softly so that it soaks in over time because that's what happens, I think, more moreover than not, is that you plant the seed, you leave, you
2: come we, back later, and somebody and says... So we, yeah. er, early on, we, we, we really kind of made it a point is, okay, so maybe we won't reach the, the hardcore guy that's in that room. Right. But if I reach the other 10 firefighters and at the dinner table, you know, after they're eating you know, and they're having family time at the dinner table when the conversation then comes up and it's from your partner. Your partner's like, you know, they had this to say over time, we, we felt like we were making soldiers, you know, like information soldiers yeah. that were going out to spread the message. And that We has... were like a good virus. Right, a good, <laughs> like COVID-18.
1: Is it too soon? It was the good one. Yeah, yeah, is COVID. It too soon? <laughs> right. Wait, is, are COVID-19 jokes, is it too soon? Yeah. Yeah. Shit. No, right.
2: yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Well,
1: but I don't, you know, from the, how do I put that? Like, from the point of view of the hardcore person working secondary employment, look, you know, Sure, if you know everybody likes another thirty, forty thousand dollars that you're making on your off time. Like I, I, I under, you know, I kind of under, not that I understand. I mean, I get it, but what, what I'm, what we're, I guess, what we're trying to say, and I want to put words in your mouth, but what we're trying to say is, is that there is an overall global issue that is greater than you individually of what we're trying to do in what we're trying to achieve. And that exactly is unionism. And it would be shocking to me if we took any other position but the one we're taking. Like, I get it, not everybody you know, is gonna be an attorney on their off days, I get it. You wanna make money, and I understand. I try to bill Kankakee as much as possible all day <laughs> right. long, every moment of every day, right. thinking about Kankakee, billing them, there you go, David Moy loves it. But, you know, you want to you, you know, th- that's the position is that if the associate firefighters did not take the position of there is something bigger than you individually and in what we're trying to do, there would be something wrong. Correct. Right.
3: Well, there's okay. no other profession that is union that would let their personnel work for a competitor that would let them work for the wages, you know, lesser wages. Yeah. As a union member. Oh, you that, mean the that,
1: operating engineers? Don't sit there and say, "Yeah, no problem." Yeah, go,
3: go, go work for fifteen bucks an go hour. Work for the yeah, correct. Yeah, they. Correct. It's it's about protecting the benefits. It's about protecting the wages. Right. All those things that we've fought for and won in negotiations.
1: Yes. And that that is the part. I and I I think, obviously, the I think the approach taken is right. But that is also the part that is is hard. Is that you know I'm I'm I'm. I'm going into a room bargaining for a bargaining unit, talking about how professional they are, which they are, how the the hazards, how this is an unprecedented set of working conditions the last several years that our guys are dealing with and are involved in are seeing on the street every day. And then, you know, you've got several members that are, yeah, I'll do this for, you know, 12 bucks an hour and hang out at the firehouse. And it,
3: it's it's hard, it's a hard pill to, to, to swallow. Well, you know, well there's a lot of other issues involving it as well. Like one of the biggest issues is staffing. And we'll have the members tell us how we need to increase our staffing, which, obviously we do every department needs to increase absolutely their staff but then they'll turn around on their days off and go work for a department that's two man engine even less staff than their full time employer correct and it's they're cutting our legs out kind of going into what we're talking about with bargaining it's how can you defend your position that when i work for department a i need to have a four man engine but and my days off at Department B, I can write it 2 Man, yeah,
1: we'll ghost pump, no problem. Right? Yeah, we just set it and forget it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, wait, what are you what are you talking about? It, and those are good discussions to have because that's, I mean, sorry, I don't want to piss anybody off, but these are that that's the truth. I mean, what are you going to do,
2: right? You'll you know? you'll see too, and and this kind of goes back to the a bit of the discussion we were having earlier. Um, you'll see too a lot of on these part time departments, they it's a different atmosphere, right? I mean, the policy and procedure manuals got dust on it and it has been picked up in a decade because the chief of that department needs to make these guys happy so that they stick around. And so when they're not wearing their SCBA, going into the structure fire or doing overhaul or all of those things where on your professional department, you did that shit, they would be like, you're pulled out the scene and make you sit in a corner. I don't know if you gotta wear a hat or something, but uh, then they go to the part-time job and that chief's got to be like, Hey, we're best friends, you know, right. it's a different world. Right. We're, we're best friends. Please come back to work.
1: Cause they can now barely staff.
2: Right. But. And and we're seeing, we're seeing more of that. And I'd like to think uh, partially because of the work we've done, um, that it's being more and more difficult for them to get at least professional firefighters to come in and do, and do the part-time work. So, um, that, that goes to that point of this 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 idea of occupational disease, the presumptives, the rebuttable presumptives, um, why you may have a chance of greater exposure on that part-time department.
1: Sure, and there are the, there was the new uh, well not new now I think a couple years old where there was the reporting requirements. Uh, which goes towards the the, the pension end, um, I actually did have this for one of my pension funds where Department B is now required by law to certify the number of hours. You have to certify your injury within 96 hours. You have to report back to your primary department. And I have had those records appear in pension board disability cases uh, where you worked X number of hours or you injured yourself here, you know, et cetera. And I actually have had individuals, forget about the the, the disability portion, I've had discipline cases where I actually did have an individual that worked at Department B, injured themselves, did not timely report to Department A, was using sick time. Um, I don't know why this individual did what they did. It wasn't the brightest thing, but actually... Ended up because of their failure to report in the way that they didn't report and then eventually reported, etc. Actually got themselves into disciplinary trouble because of this. So it wasn't a pension issue, but it's like now the local is spending money on me to go down there to defend this individual. I've had. Multi, two examples of that, blatant examples of 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 discipline for failure to report.
2: And you know, speaking of that bill, um, that was that was an initiative that started out of this committee. Correct. We we, we saw it actually started. There's some some changes that occurred. We're we're happy with it and, it, and it's a an important bill we think. And once we get this actually working the way it's supposed to, it's going to have an impact. Simply, yeah. um, but you know, originally it started out that. Uh, the legislature was going to require that part-time department to pay a percentage of money's back, Of money's sure. back, which is, you know, where I wanted it to be. I'm happy with the result. Thank you, uh, Illinois state legislature. And uh, um, we're, we're in a good spot, but it's not inconceivable. Look at the end of the day, if I'm taking that presumptive disability of my main department and that part-time department didn't pay a dime, into that. That's a problem.
1: I have always thought that employer, that uh, that this should be one of the issues where everybody's on the same side, because if I'm an employer, right? Simple math. Yep. Why am I going to go and allow my guys to work? And so now you're, t- so hold on a second. I've got to pay for professional firefighting services, which we should pay for because professionalism costs money, but now I'm going to allow department B to utilize my fully trained, my fully good to go, Experienced seasoned guys, where you don't have to pay for any portion of that. And oh, by the way, if that guy gets hurt, me as department A, I now got to go eat the disability. Right. I mean, if I were an employer yeah. at the bargaining table, this would be an employer proposal, right? And, and right. you know, it's funny think, that you know. like
4: we, we went in with our proposal and said, this is the language we'd like. And I think we just uh, pulled from Joliet, I believe is what it was. Um, and it was a long explanation. It's, it's long language that just lays out, you know, why it's bad, blah, blah, blah. And then at the final end of it, it just has a couple of sentences that says for these reasons, uh, secondary employment,
2: Blah, blah, blah. You put the whereas. Yeah, you well, had, all yeah, the had all the whereas in your resolution. Well, you <laughs> look, attorney's
1: got a bill well, here, man. How can I bill you for two sentences. I got to make it look fancy. Right, I got to right, make right. it look good, yeah. right? Yeah.
4: But then uh, we we kept explaining, and they were just so resistant. They're like, no, why do not we need this? You know, this. You know. And then we just kept explaining, and then finally they just cut to the chase and said, well, why can't we just put the last two? And we're like, yeah, you can. Right. Yeah, not yeah. right. But as soon as they
2: clicked yeah. in their mind, they realized real quick, like, yeah, yeah we want this yeah. too. So
1: yeah, here, I'll be get the pair of scissors out.
4: Yeah. The last yeah. two
1: lines,
3: we're good to go, we, right?
2: You know, a, 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 another little anecdote, when we, when we did it in Chris Lake, we put it in our language. Um, part of the impetus and the reason why I pushed so hard for it is because we would have guys working in the town, the small volunteer, part-time, whatever department it is, right next to us. And at the time, we were even shorter staffed than we are now. And so we were running out of ambulances every day. Sure enough, just about every day somebody from our department would responding in the neighboring communities, ambulance to our station. And I was thinking, boy, this doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense here.
1: Why wouldn't you want the overtime from your own department, right? right? <laughs> You're working anyway, so why wouldn't you just want the overtime from your own so department?
2: We, we had, and at the time, I think we were a 48-member um, a local, uh, and we had 17 people engaged in secondary employment, so when i brought this language to their membership and this is uh, and and i think it's important for anybody out there who's who's considering introducing language um in the short term you're going to lose friends you know especially sure. if if you're if you're affecting their side gig right um i will say this we did that we had we ended up with this is nuts we had in that same contract, 4% over four years, every year for four years. And I still had 17 no votes. I mean, this is how right. convoluted these things so got. You got.
1: So you got 16% over yeah. four years. Well, compounded, of course. Compounded, so it was a little course, bit more than right. 16%, yeah, little, right? Course, <laughs> right? right, right? For all of us math majors <laughs> right, out there. Yeah.
2: And you still had no votes. We had no votes. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's, that's where it kind of opened my eyes. And I said, well, Clearly, we're looking at this problem in the wrong way, and we need to reach out to these people um, differently. And so since then, I I will say that those people that were angry at me, I mean, lawsuits, threatened, I mean, like wishing harm on my children. It was, it, it was pretty dirty. Uh, well,
1: I'm not going to run for the foreign
2: fire tax board. Yeah, right. Park, but, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. let's not yeah. get into that yeah. right now. Sure. Huh? We could have a whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, we could. Crystal Lake foreign fire tax issue. I'll come back anytime. Yeah. We could talk. We got hours on that yeah. one. Um, but I, I will say this, and to those that are afraid to make the jump uh, on their negotiating committees to do this, years later now, all of those people that were affected... Especially the ones most affected have come to me and said, "Thank you for my time back." I got to coach football. I got to coach soccer. I got to coach baseball, and you were right—you know, as I normally am—and <laughs> right, yeah, right—that <laughs> um, this would I- individually have a great impact. Aside from the impact that it had on our local and, and strengthening our our union, um, the individual benefit. Of them leaving that work was was good. was good. Yeah, yeah.
4: Well, and when when Tim did it, what year was that? boy uh, oh
2: yeah, uh, yeah, Was just going to say it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hartley or yeah, something. <laughs> was. Yeah.
4: it was. It was a time when you know guys were a lot more hot about it, and the education oh, sure. wasn't there. Right. We didn't yeah. have a lot of the knowledge we have now, and now yeah. we have built with this committee over time.
2: They were burning bigger, effigies. Uh, well, just, I mean, yeah. this was... <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> right? the it only was... thing they
4: knew was you were taking money out of my right. kids' mouths, right? That's the only That's thing it. that they could compute. Even though they were probably just feeding their ego, the overtime at your own job would be far more... Uh, Correct.
2: They had to buy a 25-foot yeah. boat instead right. of a 32-foot. But, <laughs> but over time, what, what this
4: committee has established is it's not just about that. It's about the presumptive laws. It's about the harm that you're putting your family through when you go through the pension disability sure. process, win, lose, or draw. But now that's something that everybody can actually look at and come to a reasonable exp- when i got to put it in my my contract i prepared myself for a curly like beating you know beating yeah and um, to my surprise i even had some guys 20 year guys come up and say all right uh, when's when's in effect i'll just i'll stop I'll just now stop and real quick. and they were really cordial about it some some of the younger guys were a little upset but You know they're the ones that are invincible, right? Right. All of us at age twenty-five to thirty are. But the
1: but the younger guys, what I've noticed in my career, my practice is that the younger guys aren't as. um, I mean, it's not their fault because they just happen to be younger, but they don't also understand the battles and fights and things that happen. Oh sure. You know that sometimes I do think that our guys have think that the contracts fell out of the sky and go from there. So it is the younger guys who. Also need to be seasoned a little bit into why we're you know the the history behind it absolutely and that's why you know
2: Luke's work and the labor history committee is important. Um, It's all kind of connected. Yep, it really is. I I mean, it didn't happen overnight, as you said, and you know, a lot of people who who are disengaged from the local and the local activities don't really understand that. You know, each time we go to the negotiating table or to the legislature we're we're taking small swipes at big problems and what we're trying to do in in a perfect world is make this job as safe and as beneficial as possible to the to the people that are look we're all going to die earlier right, right. <laughs> so let's let's at least make sure that our families are going to be taken care of and um again this issue for for me became central because i understood that Boy, if I'm going to die earlier doing it in one place, Yeah, and this reduced the chances of you dying earlier by not exposing
1: yourself
2: exponentially more.
1: Might as well try to make your widow as wealthy as possible. (laughs) Right.
2: Right. And, and, you know, it's like... When she uh, she remarries. uh, (laughs) I I always tell my wife that. I'm like,
1: I just want to make you as wealthy as a widow. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And then I look at her and say, there's nothing sexier than a woman with a pension. Right, yeah. 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 Right, right. But so speaking of that, when you're talking about like the when you go to Springfield, any new legislation or anything like that proposed or pending or anything along those lines? Yeah, House uh, Bill 351
4: is still on the third reading, but that's going to require um, uh, the Department of Insurance to be notified of every exposure every hour worked, which is a benefit. But, yeah, so um, that's
1: going to add on to what trailer. you guys were talking about. Right. It's a trailer. So now Department B not only is going to have to report back hours worked and injuries to Department A, but also to the Department of Insurance for like a data, like a tracking, yeah. unit, like something yeah. like that. And, you so know, to
4: that point, you know, uh, one of the notes that uh, – the legend behind you just just pointed the out man, that, the myth, yeah, Mr. Toy Story himself, <laughs> Mr. Toy. <Story. laughs> uh, you know, he mentioned that uh, none of the members are losing rights, union no. rights, through all this. In fact, we're bolstering those rights. Correct. You know, yeah. and and the best thing about like this trailer bill in 351 is n- no uh nobody's losing anything. They're only gaining. You know, it's only it's only making things a lot more solid. Yeah, you know, building the foundation.
1: I think the approach is great. I mean, I I think it is it's a lot easier to be aggressive and more of like the hammer and i don't know that that's the right approach and like t- talking to you guys like i get, it's like look this is these are the risks you have to understand and 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 I think that that has shown itself to be very, very, you know, effective. I mean, I just happen—you might I think, I'm pretty sure my father was a sociopath. So <laughs> yeah. I never had like the nuances. It was, it was, it was a little bit more of the hammer. So, you know, I, I think, I understand where you guys are coming well, from with it.
2: And in, in, in truth be told, we, I mean, we tried the hammer method for decades. You know, people aren't going to respond to that. Well, you know, right. if you yeah, recall, not going to respond to convention that. floor would just become Fist unraveled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know? We'd Soaking
1: have, each other with microphone cords. We'd have
2: Flanagan out there, you yeah. know, with yeah, I yeah. couldn't understand a goddamn thing he said. But, you know, and the more, and that's <laughs> on a good day. <laughs> right. right. So day. the more angry he got, the more the brogue came yeah, out. And, yeah. uh, you know, it was entertaining and I loved every bit of it. But at the end of the day, there was nobody that left that room and said, you know, what, he was fucking right.
4: Right, we shouldn't. That's every topic. We shouldn't. Right, right. I mean, every
2: topic. You
4: know, Tim O'Brien on the convention floor in San right. Diego in 2010, yelling at everybody for going to the uh, Fox News bar, drinking Coors Light <laughs> right, yeah. in their Hanes underwear, just yeah. screaming at us for not being. You know, and it was all about our good name. Putting and then everybody went burn their, their, their Hanes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody did that. You know, everybody just went back down to the bar because that's where the closest. It was beer the closest was. beer. And, yeah. yeah, And yeah. that's. Anyway. But
2: we're simple. We're simple folks. Was sometimes was he right?
4: Was he right? Yes. Yeah. But.
2: You know, he Beer was a hammer. Waitresses—that's right. pretty much yeah. all we asked for. The, right. Yeah, like, the <laughs> effectiveness of the hammer. I think it became apparent, at least. I mean, it, it, it was a, certainly impetus for starting this committee because we look around the room, we're like, great. And it, you know, also, we're we're talking to mostly people who agree with us. We're on convention floor, right? Because those are the guys that understand unionism at its best. But when we looked around, we said, boy, there's got to be a better way.
1: And, and that's that's and it's it, you can see. I mean, the kind of the proof is in the pudding, right?
2: I think so. I, you know, sometimes it's hard to put our finger on you know how how truly successful we've been, but I think what at last count, since the formation of the committee, we've added like seventeen locals with contract language. So sure, I mean, look, it's not two hundred and sixty-three or whatever it is, but. Many locals, you know, had it already had, or they've had, gotten had on it on their own. Yeah. And into and, and that, you know, a lot of locals are self policing, too. So even if they don't have contract lighting, it was just kind of the second step of the of the solution. We say put it in your bylaws Right, right, right. and, you know, self police. Um, there are places out there, you know, Oak Park always come up to me and, and kind of harass me. They'd be like, well, you know, we've had in our bylaws for years. and I'm like, yeah, I know it's great. And you guys are quite successful. at Yes. It. Um and so that's my shout out to Oak Park. This is going back about a decade. They were shaking me down, not giving them any credit. So here you go, Oak Park. Uh, but the uh I think their their
1: motto is wish we were Berwyn but we're a close second. <laughs> <Right>. We're <laughs> a close second. I'm not, I think their I'm
2: not familiar with I think that it, it well, shirt. It might
4: be. I, I don't, I don't well, it's getting no. harder too for some of the more established locals to keep going longer and longer without the language, because thanks to Paul Huffnagel and the IFF, uh, Mark Mark uh, Sanders' predecessor. Yes. Uh, he wasn't allowing, and to my oh, knowledge, Matt, tell me if I'm not, yeah. not saying this correctly. But um, uh, Mark Sanders is carrying this same same rule. But if you want to organize in the state in in the, in the eighth district of, of the IFF, um, you're not you're not organizing unless that's in your charter contract for new yeah so when you know if i'm in elgin and i don't have that language and then pingree grove gets their you know charter and then everybody else around me is starting to get this language right. they have know, to have it it looks pretty yeah sorry you guys had that, to catch up you know yeah. we you know yeah we're one of the affi charter locals and we don't even have the la- language so it, it made sense that if we're going to uh it, you know be an established local in the area at least at least have language that's important
2: to to the affi and the iff awesome. yeah and it so, wasn't it, it wasn't a huge problem by you but you still you know put up or shut up right you know yeah, yeah money I mean, it was enough of to, one, yeah 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 like anywhere right so
1: well i think we're coming in then we're coming coming up on the uh, on the hour mark can, and can i just bring up one yeah last absolutely thing?
4: and i think this is important for the listeners because this is like the Three hundred and twelfth episode,
2: or I, I, fourteen
1: hundred. So, yeah. so many. We now. come up with numbers. I'm telling you, Chuck gets. If it's not, he wants some number. It's, it's <laughs> awesome. <And> they're in <laughs> Roman mm-hmm. numerals, so it's <laughs> hard <Right>. to <laughs> right. tell which one it Seven. is. Because <laughs> right. I don't. Yeah. I look at I this, this episode is the square root of pi. Yeah, yeah. But usually, <laughs> when things <laughs> devolve, everybody talks about
4: that shelf that I just noticed. here. Yeah, right. the whiskey shelf. That's the whiskey shelf. But I think what what most of our, I think everybody out there understands that that's a thing here. But Yes. Nobody, unless you're sitting next to uh, Jerry, most people don't know that he must be a member of the Yakuza because he's trying to cover up. Oh
1: a, yeah, as best he can. Serious but tattoos. it's coming out.
4: Threat passes French cuffs. S-
1: full leg tattoo.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I've got yeah, the yeah. whole
1: real real deal. Cause I'm totally insane. Right. Yeah. So that's cool. we all are. Yeah, we, we all are. are.
4: Yeah. Well, you have to be.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just like, oh look, that building. Is on fire, right. so I'm gonna go in it. Right. You know what I mean? Like well, excitedly, <laughs> it's all happy. Come on, everybody! Greatest moments of my yeah. life. That's like, <laughs> all. That's all. Like you know what I mean? I almost wanted to. I wish one day before the end of my career, I wanted to do one of those 1940s conga lines. Sure. Into the burning building, <laughs> and I want to film it. I want to put it on YouTube and right. see what happens. Yeah. Like, right, like what you should You'll not. You probably do. get a
2: billion views. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They
1: conga line yeah. <laughs> into a burning on air. Right, <laughs> everybody holding a pipe pole or yeah. something, and just conga line right we, into the.
2: You know, you might have to represent a few people after exactly. that. Exactly. Maybe They're the south. Carmen Miranda fruit thing <laughs> yeah, on right. my head. Yeah, I'm right. just <laughs>
1: Oh, God, thank you very much. This was um, something that is near and dear to my heart, and I guess what the Secondary Employment Committee is asking you to do uh, is at least is to, is to listen to what they have to say, think about it logically, and, uh, and come to your own conclusions. If I were a betting man, I would say that's where we're at. Correct? Have us out.
2: I, I mean, look, it, it, it costs you minor capital with your membership, really mostly nothing. Um, maybe a a screaming match here or there, just to have us out and listen. And also, like we said earlier, if you want your employer to hear us, we'll we'll be happy to do that also. Fantastic.
1: Matt, before we leave, anything that we're missing or any last issue? The, oh man we got two thumbs up that we are going to end on the uh, Matt Olson two thumbs up there so that was pretty cool so thank you guys very much for coming out this was absolutely fantastic and uh, we'll see everybody next time again um, anybody has uh, show ideas or different things that they want us to talk about please get a hold of Luke slash Timothy or myself and we really appreciate you guys coming out we'll have you guys back out again and kind of update us on where you're at
2: and we'll go from there. thanks for Thanks, you, sir. Right thanks back, you, sir. Man,